Welcome to the Lesbian Podcast. This is Charlie. I'm Jay Church. And today our guest host is the lovely Mischievous Merkin, or MM, but I like Mischievous Merkin. How are you? I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> so I heard you have a daiku for us? or Yeah, daiku, actually. Not haiku, but no, daiku. Yeah. Especially for us. I write them when I'm bored. And this one actually relates to something we have coming up in Q News. Not exactly dyke related, but, you know, um, still falls under the category. Definitely. Pageant slut needs tits? Misappropriate funds now. Fucking femme fatule. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You are so creative. I love that. I love daiku. I do too. I think we should add it as a regular segment on our site. Mm. Mischievous Merkin's Daily Daiku. Would you like I'd to be, write? I'd it be delighted. This? Oh, awesome! <laughs> so, what'd you get into this weekend? Um, <laughs> well, in, maybe not in the literal sense. <laughs> oh, I had drinks at the Lex last night, and then had dinner at Absinthe with Top Chef Jamie Lauren, and then headed over to Rebel Girl, and then uh, needed to head out quickly thereafter because I wanted to go home and touch a girl in private. <laughs> Or her privates. <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> it's good to see you're moving on from your ex. Have you gotten rid of those cats yet? Yes, thankfully. <laughs> How many do you have now? Three. You oh. guys had five before, right? Yeah. So that's improvement at least. It was seriously like affecting my my, you know, possible dating, you know, future. What is that? I don't know. I was just crying on my friend's shoulder and I said, you know, what's wrong with me? Am I not hot enough? He said, no, you're hot. Am I not, you know, smart enough? No, you're the smartest. Am I not funny? And he's like, come on. <laughs> and I go, what, what's wrong with me? And he goes, too many fucking cats. <laughs> you're like the crazy cat lady. <laughs> I'm like, no one knows that when I'm walking down the street. And he's like, it's like written all over here. <laughs> that and like the four layers the of cover cat hair. <laughs> cat hair. <laughs> Three is still a little borderline crazy lesbian, don't you think? Yeah. You're getting there, though. You're getting better. Baby uh, steps. MM, I'd stop there. <laughs> <laughs> but this actually makes you the perfect expert for our Ask Charlie this week. And it, it also has to do about cats. So are you ready for an Ask Charlie? Sure. Okay. Lay it on me. Well, Lauren, one of our listeners, writes in and asks, What is up with lesbians and cats? I mean, aren't we taking this pussy eleven a little too far? My girlfriend and I have one cat in our one-bedroom apartment already, and she's begging me for another. She's seriously trying to wear me down into acceptance. Should I fight back and risk being banished to her shit list, or should I give in and open my home to yet another feline friend? Please help. Thanks, Charlie. Hmm, this think? Ask Charlie sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I know these people. I feel like I know them too. <laughs> so weird. Um, Lauren, or if that's really your name, um, <laughs> I would... I mean, you live there too, and you share this home with your girlfriend, and you guys already have one pussy, or three, however way you want to look at it. Um, and if you don't want another pet in your home, I'd just say put your foot down. I mean, it's your house too. Or your paw. <laughs> or all four pa- paws. Yeah. <laughs> they usually land on all fours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think, mischievous Merkin? 
I agree 100%. I, you know, I having five cats, like, it's crazy. I mean, it's like having a bunch of children running around your house <laughs> or across your head in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, my God. However, maybe. <laughs> That's crazy. That is. And if crazy. she's worried about being on the shit list, I mean, basically, if you get too many cats, you're basically in a shit nest. So, <laughs> <laughs> Which would you rather have? Yeah. <laughs> Lesser two evils. I wouldn't want it to be in a shit nest. There's nothing proverbial about that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we hope that helps you out, Lauren. All right. Well, thanks so much. If any other listeners would like to ask Charlie, please send in a question via our website at thelesbianpodcast.com. And I also want to hear feedback from listeners that have written to me before um, on how you're doing in your love life. So let's get to Q News. Q News. Queer News you can use. All right. So this week in Q News, we're going to start off with the article in the Bay Area Reporter talking about how police are going to crack down on this year's Dory Alley Fair and there will be no more public sex. And this doesn't directly. What? I know. This doesn't directly relate to lesbians, but it relates to all San Franciscans in that what is up with California? Yeah. First, we refuse to allow gay marriage. Next, no alcohol at Beta Breakers. Now, no public sex at Dory Alley. That's like the whole crux of Dory Alley. What next? No leather at Folsom and no pride flags at Pride? We're becoming like the conservative Midwest. Iowa's got us beat in liberalism. Yeah, that's insane. No, I don't know. Do. Let's move the show to Iowa. <laughs> so I mean I don't know what's gonna happen at this anal I mean annual <laughs> without the pubic or public sex. <laughs> Yawn. Cat got your tongue. Pussy got your tongue there, Jay Church. <laughs> but it's like you were saying, like normally if you're going to one of those events, you don't really think it's lewd. Or you wouldn't be there. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you think it's lewd, turn around. And leave. And leave. <laughs> or don't donate to come in and watch. Right. Well, that's the other thing. I've heard that they're not going to be donations. Like, they're trying to actually charge for the street fairs now. So not only are they no longer free, but they're also not as fun. So we're going to give you less and charge you more. <laughs> that's ridiculous. But I guess that's just the way California's going right now. Kind of like Muni. I'd like to think that my five dollars, you know, get me at least a, you know, a reach around or something. I mean, <laughs> it should a pubic should. reach around. I'm, yeah, a pubic <laughs> or public, whichever you prefer. Pubic and public. How about that? Public in my pubic. <laughs> the show today is going to be brought to you, but to you by the word pubic and its many forms. <laughs> so next in Q News, we have um, the Miss California drama, which has been all over the place, and a lot of people were upset that. Um, during the Miss USA pageant, she was asked by Perez Hilton, I believe, um, how she felt about whether gay marriage should be legalized. And she, of course, said that she thought that it shouldn't be. Big shock, since we just pressed Prop 8 in California. But um, I was wondering what you guys thought about that. Um, I didn't even know he would, what he was a judge or just like a guest on. It sounds like he was a judge, but like the big thing came afterwards. He like railed her on his on his Perez Hilton blog, so. And he totally went to town on it. And, like, personally, I mean, I think it's a really fine line when you start, like, deriding people for their opinions. 
I think he I think he totally expected her to answer that question the way like she he did. Like set her up. And yeah, and I mean, what else would he have the blog about? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what he does. He rails Oh my god, I can't believe that Miss California like is against Prop 8. Like right. That's not going to happen. Well, you know what else is big news now? You remember last show we were talking about the um, National Organization for Marriage? The the storm is coming. Mm. There's a shit storm upon us, and it is gay marriage. And if you don't take cover now, all your kids are going to be gay. You know what I'm talking about? She's actually one of the spokespeople for that now. What? Yeah. Oh my goodness! What does this world come to? But she's she's portraying herself as like a martyr for that side and being like, oh, because I spoke my mind. Like now I'm just like that's why I lost the competition, you know. And I don't I don't like she's I don't hate her. Victimizing herself. Yeah, and I, I I think it's fine that like she spoke her mind and like you know I would rather her say what she feels than like lie about it. But at the same rate, like it is a competition, and like if you give a retarded answer or an answer that everyone else feels is retarded. You lose. I, you know. I honestly think that she um, she lost because her tits were too big. <laughs> <laughs> so she should probably sue the California pageant, right? For paying for them. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe that. Mischievous Merkin told us today, and I looked it up. It's on a Us magazine or OK magazine. I think Us magazine. They us said magazines the more accredited one. Yeah, I think it's Us magazine. <laughs> they said. Um, they said that, you know, after she won Miss California, that they, they sat down with her and they were, like, talking about, you know, what things were good and what things she felt were bad. And, you know, they were like, what, what do you think you need to work on? And I'm sure the conversation went something like this. I'd, I'd really like to, you know, try to focus more and, like, maybe volunteer a little. And, God, I really wish I just had bigger tits. <laughs> and, you know, the California pageant people said, well, if there's one thing we can help you with there. It's the tits. <laughs> Everything else is a personal issue. <laughs> Let's go ahead and pay for those. <laughs> it's too bad she they lost because of them. Paid for them. I know. Who's that organization run by? Probably Muni. <laughs> <laughs> they raised the prices ten dollars just to pay for her tits. That's what they did. No, I'm you, so mad about that. You know what's funny about that though? Actually, I was reading an article. I can't remember where, but I guess at one point they cut down on street cleaning. To save money, like to to try and save the budget, they cut street cleaning down by like three quarters. But as a result, they lost three times as much revenue because they weren't writing tickets because there was no street cleaning. Right. So now we're paying more in uni fares. So I mean, they totally could be running the pageant. It would make sense. So why again are we paying for? Don't we pay for everything? Yeah, paying for you know the government's mistake. Who else is going to pay for it? Government's not human. I don't know, you vote him in, so... <laughs> or we. I think we should hold the person who made that decision personally responsible. Yeah. And we should try to, you know, take back the fake tits. We want those back. <laughs> <laughs> we did not authorize those. <laughs> Alright, but moving right along. This is, this is going back. Well, the state of quickly. California is, is bankrupt anyway, right? Yeah. So can't we repo the tits? <laughs> we should totally do that. Excuse me. <laughs> Looking for a set of tits. I think the Quick. lesbian podcast Watch should go door. repossess her tits right now. We'll, we'll mount them go. on our wall. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Oh, so back to more serious issues. This is a follow-up on a previous topic that we've had on here. And this is a, a 2005... Well, this case started in 2005. It's about the two lesbians that were expelled from private school oh, yeah. for being lesbian. 
So previously we mentioned that the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals out here um, upheld that the private school was allowed to expel them, and we're just going to follow up and say that the California Supreme Court has agreed with them, so don't go to private school if you're a lesbian, is the moral of the story here. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing that out there. And if and, you, know and if you are, just it. just stay in the closet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it sucks, but there's plenty of public schools. Or the locker, and join the military while you're at it too. Yeah, totally. There's plenty of lesbians there. You'll love it. I know personally. <laughs> all right, so that's all we have today for Q News. Let's get into Rainbow Rumors. Rainbow Rumors. So you know how I love Curve Magazine. Um. In this month, so actually it's the May issue. Uh, Leave it to Ellen DeGeneres to sneak a Prop 8 lace joke into an award show. This past January at the 35th Annual People's Choice Awards, she took home the trophy for Best Talk Show Host in stride, giving a verbal nod to everyone during her acceptance show, including, quote, my roommate, Portia. Thank you very much as well, unquote. Good move. I know. I think she's the best talk show. She's host. been speaking out a lot more about gay issues lately. Since she got married. Um, and I think since Prop 8 passed, I think it was kind of like a kick in the ass to a lot of people that this is real. And so, you know, like, Wanda Sykes came out after that, and it just seems like a lot more celebrities are actually, like, using their gumption. Well, whatever. who was the celebrity couple that flew in the first time the proposition got repealed? And got married, like, as a... Rosie O'Donnell? Political Rosie statement. O'Donnell, yeah. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm. She didn't come around too much this time. Maybe... I mean, she does a lot of causes, so maybe she was busy with other things, but... Yeah. You know, you gotta have more than just one person. Like her lesbian family cruise? Yeah. <laughs> like her lesbian family <laughs> cruise. But, I mean, you need more than just Rosie O'Donnell in your court, you know? Like, there has to be... A, there's a lot of other lesbians that need to step up. Seriously. Like Charlie and Jay. repo anyways Ms. Merkin (laughs) Miss Mischievous Merkin I almost said Machismo Jesus (laughs) that could be your nickname (laughs) Machismo Merkin (laughs) and uh, we have another rumor for you and this is brought to you by our producer Corey thank you Corey he's a lesbian chaser Hot on the trail. <laughs> Not really. His girlfriend's like, what? I wasn't lesbian aware of this. Chaser? What? Uh, he's coming out on the lesbian podcast <laughs> as we speak. He's a queer heterosexual. <laughs> so, did you guys know that Kelly McGillis is gay? She just came out. No. You know, Stop Kelly, it. I, I don't know, Jay Church, you might be a little young for this, but um, she was the hot chick on Top Gun. And Tom she was Cruise's, gay then, too. I've heard of Top I Gun. I didn't know that. I didn't she know was that. as gay as her co-star. Who was? Oh, Tom Cruise. Oh, he's totally gay. <laughs> Doesn't matter how many times you get married. They were or... totally gay for each other. <laughs> I met a tranny he supposedly dated in New York City. Really? As an aside. I mean, who knows the truth to that? But that's what she claimed. Just odd. I could say. And it. he could claim I. I didn't know. Yeah, it, it was Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. She. He probably didn't. She really passed. <laughs> I don't want to discuss that right now. <laughs> um. But yeah, I didn't know that she was gay. But good for her for just coming out and 
I know she was on the L word too. She was the one prosecuting. I feel Tasha. like it was foreshadowing. Oh. Very, very sneaky. Maybe that's that was her transition into yeah. coming out because who else came out was um, Lucy Lawless. No, I think you want Lucy Lawless to come out. <laughs> Xena. <laughs> the warrior princess. Oh, that's who that is. I thought that she was Wonder Woman. No, and we've had this discussion before. Oh, I get so confused. Wonder Woman's from the 50s, isn't she? Or 60s, yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm back up to date. Lin- Linda. Evangelist. No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm way lost. Linda Carter. <laughs> Linda Carter. And then it was the 70s. I was get reading something decades, about supermodels right? earlier. <laughs> All right. Oh, Moving right along. Man. And congratulations to Kat and Jennifer Cora. Um, we talked about on the last two podcasts that... They're pregnant with the third, third and fourth child, and Jennifer just gave birth to their third son, born April fourth. And guess what his name is? Roofer, <laughs> <laughs> or something that means roofer. It's uh, they're fresh name, out of roofer. <laughs> yeah, I think roofer is just too common of a name, so they decided to go with Thatcher, which means roofer. Exactly. Mm. Sorry, guys. We're all out of Michael. <laughs> How about Matthew? No, no. Out of Matthew, too. Too biblical. But we do have Thatcher. <laughs> and Apple. But yeah, all these celesbians, or sorry, celebrities are naming their kids just weird names. Painters. Yeah. <laughs> Carpenter. <laughs> all right. Carpet layer. <laughs> It's foreshadowing. We should write them and tell them to change it from Thatcher to Carpet Layer. I like that better. The Lesbian Podcast likes that one better. TLP approved. <laughs> and totally pubic approved. Thanks. Uh, yes. Our pubic is waiting. Public. All right. So let's our, get our pubic is going gray. <laughs> Public. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the interview. Okay, today we have two special guests, Talon and Jay Walker. Welcome to the Lesbian Podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Good to be here. And also Mischievous Merkin. Hi. <laughs> Can you just share with us that story? I'd be delighted. <laughs> you have another daiku, right? Yes. Okay. Shots of tea in vogue. Girls to boys rule mission streets. Reek butch femme sorrow. Ooh. Very <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do what I can. <laughs> Thank you. How did Merkin come about? Oh, I was, uh, I was brushing my cat at 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what we do. That's what we do when we're drunk and single. <laughs> Wait, is this a masturbation? And, um, then I, I fashioned a little. It looked like a flower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, fashioned it into a little flower. And then I was like, oh, perfect little merkin. And then the photo started. So. Talon, you yes. want to tell us a little something about yourself? Um, well, I um, I'm single. Yeah, I like ballroom dancing. <laughs> Long walks on the beach. <laughs> no, I don't like those actually. <laughs> I'm like one of the few lesbians that doesn't like that. Um, <laughs> no, on a serious note, I um, 
I have a recent reemergence into activism as of late. I started with the No on Prop 8 campaign, mm-hmm. hustling people out there in Oakland to get out and be visible and vote it down, and compiled um, a pretty respectable email list from that. And then in December, um, a woman was gang raped in Richmond. Um, it was a hate crime because she's a lesbian. And I felt compelled to respond to that and wanted to use the email addresses I had to as a resource to help um, do whatever I could. Started out with raising, trying to raise the reward amount for the guys, and then it built on that. Um, and then that kind of naturally led into some some kind of led into the feeling of um butch identity being really important to be visible and um respected and uh i saw on facebook and on myspace this group called butch voices um and i was very excited i was like oh my god that's awesome and they're having a conference in uh, August here, and I was just very excited. And then I started reading and reading, and I was like, oh, wow. Um, the president and some of the officers identify as he and trans. And I was mm-hmm. like, but that's not butch voices. Butch butches are women. Mm-hmm. And I was confused by that and irritated by that. And so I didn't feel, I kind of felt like my boner went down in that respect. <laughs> um I wasn't as excited anymore, and I started feeling like, well, that's great, they can have, they can do that, but I don't feel represented in that right. respect. So I decided to sort of put the call out to people who feel similarly that, as I do that Butch is, um, Butch is a, um inherently female term, queer, lesbian term. So I started the group Butch is Unlimited, and nice. it's strictly for women identified masculine women so i think that's great to have you on the show thanks Thanks. for coming and um jay walker you want to tell us a little something about yourself sure um well jay walker is actually my stage name that's Mm -hmm. my drag king name um my name is jay Savellius in everyday life and um on personal note, I just want to thank you, Talon, for the work you did on No One Prop 8 specifically, because my partner and I are engaged. We're oh, getting married congratulations. in Congratulations. And um, so we're really looking forward to hearing what happens on June 3rd. Um, I, my background is that um, a little bit of a academic. I came from, like, psychology slash women's studies, feminist theory kind of background. Um, I am an assistant professor at UCSF. And most of my work focuses on trans health. So I do a lot of work in HIV prevention with trans women specifically. And I just did a research study on uh, trans men who have sex with non-trans men. And so like identities and um, how that translates into sexual behavior and that sort of thing for trans men. And I'm also a drag king. Um, so I perform around the city in the East Bay in drag. And um, But most of the time I identify as genderqueer and kind of on the femi side I don't identify as butch or mm. trans so just to be clear about that all right thanks Jane. for having me yeah thanks for coming on the show so why do you think there's so much tension between the two identities butch and ftm 
What makes you say that? (laughs) 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 Well, do you want to answer first? Go ahead. Um, I think there's a few different things going on. Um, I think that one of the issues is space. Um, the disappearing of women-only lesbian spaces um, because um, genderqueer, FTM, uh, I don't know, gender fluid, however, non-female-identified or strictly female-identified persons are continuing to insert themselves and insist on being in women-only spaces and lesbian spaces. And um, I think for... I think that's somewhat destabilizing of the lesbian community in terms of identity. Um, there are, you know, I feel like the what's happening is the male pronoun and, and male descriptors have become the default for anybody who's female and masculine looking. Mm-hmm. And it's extraordinarily offensive to be in a lesbian bar and be, be called he. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's offensive to me at any point but it's even more uh, offensive in a, in a bar like that because I expect my femaleness to be seen um, and that there's this sort of culture now that you can't offend a, a, a tranny or a genderqueer person by calling them she but you can offend a, a woman by calling her he right and it's it's like I say it's especially galling when this occurs in a, in a woman's only space where we feel like if you're going to be here then it, this is a place where it should be expected and accepted that everyone identifies as she. It's a woman's space. So I think that builds some kind of resentment. It, and I feel like also the the women that I... I don't date masculine women. I date femme women. And a lot of women that, that I meet now kind of um, approach me and call me he. And it's... Without asking Without first asking, what yeah. pronoun you prefer. Yeah, and I actually, you know, I'm. It's it it turn. It can be anywhere from a five minute to half hour conversation about the fact that I don't identify as he, and and very often I, you know, I've tried different ways of addressing it with humor, with you know, firm but polite, with just ignoring it, you know, and none of those ways feel good. Um, because and inevitably, if I use humor, it's dismissed, it's overlooked. Um, if I'm firm but polite, it's I'm looked at as an uptight asshole. Like, what's the big deal? It's just a pronoun. Come on, dude. Yeah. You know, like, well, if it's no big deal, then just call everybody she. Yeah. You know, pronouns don't matter. Call everybody she. Why not? You know. And um, so I think that's one of the aspects of it. It's it's if all the masculine women are seen as he, then we're not even visible as women and we're also then not visible as lesbians right. um, and then by that same token femmes who femme which used to be as far as I could tell um, a term to identify feminine lesbians is now being co-opted by women who or femmes who or fem- feminine women or genderqueers who uh, date trans and other genderqueers um and it doesn't mean the words aren't meaning what they used to mean and i mean i I think that's interesting and i like the evolution of language but there's got to be some way for me to identify myself as who i am which is a masculine woman and not in any way wanting to be male 
So I think that's one of them. What are the other ones? Um, yeah, the co-opting of the word butch and uh, dyke and femme. I I resent that, and I know a lot of the people in the group that I I started resent that. Um, yeah, I think that's about. Uh, oh, and then also there's this theory about trans that no one can seem to really settle on, I think, because there's so many, um, I hear constantly um, different reasons why people have transitioned, you know, and I've had conversations online with people that have said, well, I transitioned because I wanted to have a beard and a cool voice, and I didn't have the balls to rock a beard as a woman, and I'm just like, well... I don't relate to that, you know. I, I know women who have beards. They don't take testosterone. They don't identify as men. You know, it's who they are. Um, Do and you think there's a different view in terms of among different age groups that you know their um, people have a a stronger opinion about it if they're younger that they're more prone to um, use the he pronoun or, you know, identify which woman as FTM? Um, you mean like the one, the ones that are transitioning? No, just in terms of, um, age group that, you know, the younger generation is more prone to use the he pronoun. I, yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm hearing that that's what's, I'm hearing that from other people. I can't speak to that from my own experience. If you go into the mission, it is young, mostly young, you know, kids, you mm-hmm. know, that are, um, and they're referring to themselves as he and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but that's a real, that's one little area, you know, so I don't know in the broad spectrum. Well, even at the Lex, it's like being to as the trans bar now oh yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely (laughs) i don't i don't um i don't go there because um it's way too crowded most of the time i Mm. i don't want people sitting in my lap that i've never met before (laughs) right (laughs) so it's just way too crowded so but and there's also a very major trans presence there and it's not that i have a problem with trans presence it's just that i feel like when i go to I want to be in lesbian spaces and, you know, that's, it's not any different than it's ever been for me in terms of wanting to go to lesbian bars before trans and bio men and all that stuff. And Jay, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I think, you know, as a person, I identify as genderqueer, not butch or trans, so I can't specifically speak to the question about why is there tension between butch and F to M identities, but I think something that I have noticed just among my friends and in my communities is that, to me, the tension um, comes along with a lot of other emotions that don't necessarily get acknowledged overtly, like um, just maybe a sense of grief or loss about community members that are transitioning, like people that, you know, you once felt like you shared something with, you shared an identity with, and then that person transitions, and it's really hard to sort of see that um, distance being created maybe by a different experience. And um, 
And I think that, you know, it probably does bring up a sense of um, sort of like loss and fear about like, what does that mean for our communities, like queer communities, butch, lesbian communities, trans communities. Um, And, you know, when people sort of find people who they share similarities with making choices that they wouldn't make for themselves, sometimes that can be kind of triggering too, in terms of okay, what does this mean for me? And I know I've gone through that. Um, coming to terms with what does it mean for me to be genderqueer and do I relate to other people who call themselves genderqueer? Do I relate to trans people? Do I relate to butch people? Um, you know, how do I find my place when there are so many options in terms of how you express yourself and what you do with your body? And um, there are just a lot more options than they used, there used to be. And language itself is fluid, and it's always going to be fluid. And, you know, butch means something different in um, different community, different ethnic communities, you know. Um, different parts of the U.S. Different parts of the U.S. for different age groups. Um, you know, in the ballroom culture, butch queen is a really femme fag, you know. Mm-hmm. And so butch queen, in, the, in, in that sense, it's, a, it's in a racialized context. It's in a regional context, you know. Um, so I think that you know, butch lesbian in the sense of like, I, I also go to Michigan Women's Music Festival mm-hmm. and this is a whole big discussion there as well. And it seems like... Well, um, they divide up the camps. Yeah. There's a camp trans and then there's... there's They're Michigan. across the road from <laughs> each other. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, there there's... The generational thing has come up there a lot too, where there's a lot of sadness on the part of, you know, older lesbians who feel like somehow what they've worked so hard to create is being threatened. And I think part of it is just that, you know, culture does evolve and whether or not we try to um, get invested in maintaining, you know, a certain a certain definition or a certain way of being like, you know, it people's experiences are what they are. And I feel like it's what's interesting to me about people is to ask them, you know, who they are and what their experience of the world is and it's less important to me what my feeling of what they should or shouldn't be right um you know claiming or expressing well even with um when we had michelle t on the show she was talking about um founding sister spit and how the first generation of women writers um some of them have transitioned and so she did second was it the next generation and she was saying that well what do you do do you kick out the people that i started the first group with who have now transitioned um they basically helped me you know with the first you know they were all writers i can't just kick them out or whatever just because they transitioned so i i think it's hard you know i think people are fluid and so has you know the feminist movement it's changed a lot and I don't know. It's just everyone has different experiences with it, too. So, Well, I think just in response to what you had to say, Jay, was um, I don't feel any need to um, put particular identities on people. Like, I don't want everybody to go by what I say. I just, my group is really about being organically already here where I am. You know, I people were like, well, you know, you should start talking to, you know, you should let people who identify as he and so that you can talk to them. I was like, no, that's, I'm not interested in converting or convincing or coaxing anybody to identify the way that I think 
you know, any, everybody should, I identify this way and I need support around this because it's, right. there's, it's a just 24 seven onslaught attack against my identity. And, um, you know, I, I think it's all well and good to be inclusive and things like that. But, you know, it reminds me of a quote that Alice Walker said, she says that, um, when the ax came for the forest, the tree said the handle is one of us. And what that means to me is that if you are, you know, we all receive the same messages about in our society about what it means to be male and female. And we live in a very actively woman-hating society. We all receive those messages. But men have the privilege of knowing that they're not directed at them. Mm-hmm. And we live as women constantly under the weight of that hate. And um, I feel like, you know, there's there's a lot of arguments for including FTMs and genderqueers in women-only spaces. And some of them are, you know, well, they've been f- socialized as females and things like that. And for me, where a person come from, where they come from, it doesn't really matter that much to me if it doesn't keep them from cutting us down like an axe, you know, and, and disappearing us. And I feel like if somebody can relate as a female, or they ever did relate as a female, then why can't there be that respect and understanding for female spaces, you know? Right. So, I mean, for me, it's like that it doesn't really mean anything to me. It doesn't have value to me where that person came from. If it doesn't translate into respect and, and you know, allowing for women-only spaces and, and identities and stuff like that. Do you think that more bitch, butch women are choosing to transition these days? I mean, maybe because it's becoming more accepted or some people say because it's trendy. I mean, I well, that's a, that's a tricky question because if somebody's transitioning to me, they never were a woman. They were always a man. And I, you know, if somebody says I've been a man since I was born in this body, I respect that and I accept that so much so I say, good on you, go find the boy spaces. (laughs) Don't come to the women-only spaces. Mm -hmm. You know, I will give you the respect of, uh, you know, that kind of, you know, acceptance. Um, But that's not really what's happening a lot of the time. You know, it's people saying, well, I'm transitioning, but I still identify as female sometimes. And I'm still, you know, a dyke. And 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 it's like, okay, well, to me, what that ends up meaning is I want the privilege of being male. I want to be um, this, you know, I want to look a certain way, but I also want access to the lesbian dating pool. Hmm. So I will call myself butch and I will call myself this these other terms that are accepted in the lesbian community. Mm. What do, do you, think, do you feel like there is um, tension between like butches and trans guys around the dating pool and like dating? Maybe. I mean, I, it's kind of a weird thing because I don't, I, you know, I thought at first there was this sort of competitiveness, but, and maybe there is, but for me, it's kind of like, well, there's not a lot of actual lesbians that want to date trans guys. <laughs> So I don't really see them as being com- competition in that respect for me. So um, it's calling into question, you know, femme queerness as well. So it's, to me, I've noticed myself that I'm more and more attracted to women who don't date trans people and don't date men 
and um and it's not it's not this conscious decision to do that i've made those decisions before and regretted them so i don't do that anymore i just kind of notice where my patterns are and um i've just been noticing that women who love butch women are really sexy to me <laughs> they're hot you know that's that's where it's at for me and and it, it works and they happen out for to you be, too yeah and they happen <laughs> to be feminine women because i know there are butch women who really love butch women too but i'm just not you know attracted to them they're good mates though <laughs> so i mean i don't i think the whole idea of transitioning is very you know i think some of the tension is feeling rejected as women by trans people um trans guys um fe- feeling like um you know i don't want to be a woman i can't relate to that i cannot relate to that at all um i you know it's this whole th- thing of like how do you know you're a woman people ask that to you know people like myself who you know have been born i was born a woman how do you know you're a woman well i i, f- I asked that to the trans people as well how do you know you're trans and for some reason it's more valid when a trans person identifies their gender than it is for someone like myself it's like you know oh yeah okay we we hear what you say when you're identifying yourself as male but if i say i'm a woman it's kind of like well you don't know could be could be you're not maybe a social construct you know who knows so i don't know it's kind of like an agreement in language for me you know, we make agreements about what certain words mean in terms of um, descriptors and things like that. But uh, and I identify as a butch in, in the adjective. I'm not. I'm not. I'm butch, but I'm not a butch. So right. it's not a noun. No. <laughs> Which I feel like is a prison. You know. I think for me, what ends up happening when I have these conversations is I find that language is so limiting. You know, I, language like I was saying earlier, it's so fluid. And, you know, we talk in terms of like a a binary, but, you know, our bodies are no longer, we know now that people aren't born necessarily into the binary and that we create that. And that, you know, gender expressions don't exist in a binary either. So it's, you know, I think what is happening is that our language is is having a harder time catching up to, um, what the reality of people's experiences are. And so, um, you know, it's like, I, I guess I wonder, you know, I know a lot of butch women who don't necessarily relate to their say womanly body parts, mm-hmm. you know? And so top surgery is an option now for butch dykes. And I have friends who have opted for things like top surgery, um, and who don't necessarily have an intention to transition. Um, so, and, you know, just in terms of how many options there are for how one expresses their gender, how they relate to their body. Um, you know, trans guys who don't take tea, for instance, you know, um, how do we talk about that in a way that is is coherent when we just say men and women who who are men and who are women? Um, and, you know, how does how does that account for, you know, how many different ways there are to be? men and women and everything in between masculine feminine well there's a difference between male and masculine and feminine and female they're not the same thing Mm -hmm. you know when you it's it's interesting though it doesn't seem like the male the men's community is dealing with this kind of stuff at all in terms of uh 
MTFs trying, you know, inserting themselves in the men's community at such in such large numbers um, and destabilizing identities and things like that. Um, I feel like our, you know, society at large has made the mistake between masculine and female that only men can be masculine and only women can be they must be feminine. And I feel like that's a big. I mean, that my theory about it, it the trans, the big trans. Um, transition is a response to that it's in it's internal misogyny to me um and i've talked with so many people about it and i have never had anybody say it any other way that makes me think that it isn't about that at, at the root and when when you talk about you know butch dykes removing their breasts it hurts me it, it deeply hurts me because we live in this society that says you must look a certain way and female bodies if they are not valued by men they're worthless and cellulite is bad and fat is bad and you know those things um i see butch women as you know we we see femme women and we see the things that they struggle with in terms of their body images you know dieting constantly you know that sort of stuff and the, the eating disorders and things like that. But butch, butches are just as um, susceptible to the image and the messages that our bodies are worthless and not sexy. So I think that we, and we respond to it maybe a little differently than, than the more feminine women do and start disassociating ourselves from our female parts rather than going on diets and doing that kind of stuff and it's that's part of the grief that does exist for me you know um do you all feel that we need to do away with the binary gender system you think that's a step in the right direction no (laughs) i don't well i mean here uh, because I believe that you can be a woman can be masculine and feminine, I don't think it's you know I think it encompasses all manifestations of femaleness, and I think that male can manifest all the type of energy as well. So somebody who is like myself, very female, but I'm obviously more masculine than feminine. So I don't feel like I need to have a third gender to feel like there's a place for me i feel like the idea of constructing other genders is saying it's reinforcing the idea that if you are female you must be feminine if you are male you must be male i think (laughs) i think for me that in my experience i think the binary gender system is doing away with itself i think that we are coming to more of an understanding of how nuanced gender really is how nuanced, um, you know, how nuanced our understanding of it is and being able to integrate, um, you know, the diverse ways that people experience in them, experience themselves. And I think something that, you know, we haven't talked a lot about, but just in terms of how that differs, uh, according to race and class, um, and region, parts of the world, parts of this country, um, you know, I think our understanding of it is becoming much broader, and I think our language is just trying to keep up. Do you think that um, 
if the the field was the playing field was so to speak level would it really matter you know what pronouns people used and what what um how they identified i mean for me that's a big component and i wouldn't want to you know manufacture separation separate identities you know wouldn't want to force that issue but there are people here in the community who do not identify as trans who do mm-hmm. not identify as genderqueer and do not want to and we don't want that kind of we don't want the theories forced down our throat you know and if we don't believe this then we're just not evolved kind of thinking you know and um a big part of it is is because it's kind of like to me it would be like because we have a president who's um, part African-American, then suddenly, you know, everything's all good with blacks now. So we don't need to identify as uh, African-Americans. We're just all going to be American. But that doesn't doesn't work because the playing field is still extraordinarily imbalanced where white people have way more power. And the same with um, males and females. So if the playing field were level and we all had equal value and power, then who gives a shit? Is it ever really going to be level, though? (laughs) Probably not. I don't know. I mean, you know, I'd be interested in seeing how things are in 3,000 years. But without that, you know, variable, then, yeah, I don't think it would matter. But if you say that it doesn't matter what how somebody identifies or whatever, you're you're essentially um, disappearing their history and that um, discrepancy of power. I think that is part of people's power is to claim their own identities and shape their own their own bodies and you know choose that for themselves and I think that is part of you know women claiming power and men claiming power and genderqueer people claiming power. It's like the power to define yourself. I agree people should have the right to define themselves and I'm kind of looking more and more at the um, things that FTMs do to their bodies this similarly to the way I see women who go and get breast augmentation it's like you have the right to do whatever you want with your body you know whatever but um, I still feel like it's not that great for the women's community I mean women who go get boob jobs you know they they're reinforcing the idea that if you're you're small chested and flat you're not sexy you're not you can't be sexy unless you go get these you know triple d whatever like miss california yeah and so i'm like yeah you have the right to do with whatever you want to your body it is your right but it does have um an effect an impact on the rest of the community and for women i don't think it's so good yeah um but they're gonna do what they're gonna do you know and um but I'm, you know, I'm at that place with FTMs as well. I mean, first of all, who's benefiting from the, you know, the pharmaceutical companies are benefiting greatly from taking testosterone and the plastic surgeries. And we don't really even know what the effects, the long-term effects are. So, I mean, it's, I think that's something that, you know, is an important thing to think about. It's nothing I can do anything about. So I just kind of shrug and go, okay. But how does this that 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 sort of thing affects me in the greater sense of I'm a woman and part of the women's community. But the whole reason I started the group was because the identity thing affects me directly in my every single day life. Right. So well, it's good that you can find other women to um, talk with and have you know support within the community. And so, for our listeners that want to find that group, how would they? 
Um, um, well, they can. The best way to do it is go on Facebook because it is a Facebook group. It's easier mm-hmm. as a networking tool. I'm gonna. I'm working with someone on developing a website, but okay. it's not up and running. So you just butchers, butchers unlimited, unlimited. Yeah, on Facebook and. Um, Thank you so much, Talon, for coming on our show. And thank you, Jay. Um, do you have uh, any upcoming shows? or um, The keeper of my calendar is sitting down there, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, I think um, there's a big show, uh, Rally the Troops, on um, June 6th. Um, it's coming up next month. Um, so, And where is that at? That is at Soma Arts. Okay. Yep. And thank you, Mischievous Merkin. <laughs> I was delighted. Pictures later. <laughs> <laughs> Work on another daiku for us. Many. And yeah. And for our listeners, you can um, look for the daikus on our website at thelesbianpodcast.com. And thanks so much. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Charlie. That was a really interesting interview. It's good to hear both sides, I think. So. Um, all right, that's wrapping up for today. Uh, wanted to rehash that we're looking for U-Haulic contestants, so if you want to be on our dating game show, um, go ahead and hit us up at thelesbianpodcast.com and click on the About Us link. You can send us um, your information through our feedback form. And don't forget to include a profile, either MySpace or Facebook, when you're um, talking to us. Also, we have picks up from Von Iva's show at the Great American Music Hall, where Charlie went and interviewed him before their concert. And we're going to have that video interview out soon, so be looking for that. And as if that wasn't enough, we also have a new web series coming out, <laughs> The Lesbian Whisper. So you'll want to keep an eye out for that, too. We should have that up in the next couple weeks. And for those of you that want to support your community and the Lesbian Podcast, we have a donation button on the website, lesbian, thelesbianpodcast.com. The lesbian. And thank you <laughs> to those who have donated in the past. Um, and don't forget to tell your friends about the podcasts and to listen to our episodes. Stay sexy, San Francisco. Was it good for you?